This is episode 37, Getting Over Self-Consciousness with Kristen. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to those of you who've been listening for a while and greetings to all the new listeners out there. April was our highest download rate ever, so the show is growing, and I'd love May to be even higher so more and more people can get over it and on with it and come into this community to share and grow and learn. And I appreciate it so much when you share about the show on social media or on email, however you do it, or just talking about it the old-fashioned way with friends and family and people you think could benefit, because that's that's really how this grows. So thank you all, and as you know, because I say it many times, Times. I'm just so grateful to be able to connect with you in this way and love getting to be in your ears every week or if you binge on them, car rides or trips or plane rides, however they may be consumed. I also wanted to announce that I've opened up new session times. So if you want to be on the show, go to christinehassler.com slash podcast, and you'll see a button there to schedule time with me. And that's how you can be on the show and get live coaching from me. We've also gotten a lot of questions about actual coaching with me. And I'm a little full right now, but I do have other coaches that I've worked with and trained. So if you're looking for a coach, which is an amazing step to take. I wouldn't be where I am without the many coaches that I've had. Please email jill at christinehassler.com and we will help you connect with one. So today's episode is all about self-consciousness and I'm sure most of you out there can relate to feeling a bit awkward or nervous at times. Maybe it's around someone you're crushing on or when you're around your boss or when you have to speak in front of a group or even when you're attempting to be cool with your teenage kids. And feeling self-conscious is the worst, not just because of the knots in our stomach, the sweating and saying things that we judge is totally lame after they come out of our mouth. What's even worse is that we're not showing up as fully ourselves. Whenever we're overly attached to hoping someone else likes us or accepts us, we do the exact opposite of what we actually need to do in that moment. We judge ourselves rather than accept ourselves. Then we show up in ways that are not authentic to who we are, and whenever we're not being authentic to who we are, it's just downright awkward and uncomfortable. So I'm I'm laughing, and I can't believe I'm going to share this, but I am. So I'm thinking of examples from a few years ago in my own life. I was newly single and back in the dating world, and oh, so awkward. And if there was a man I was super into and kind of already predetermined, like wanted to be asked out by, you know, before he even asked me out... I would have zero game. I would be in my head, make stupid jokes, go too much into like business mode because that's my comfort zone. And you can probably guess that not many of those guys asked me out. But then when I wasn't attached and just being me, I would get different results. So I can think of one example 
four years ago probably, I was at a 4th of July party and I was there with my friends and I was just feeling happy and confident and not nervous at all. And there's a cute bartender and I could tell he was younger than I was. But again, like feeling confident with my friends, nothing to lose. And I gave him some pretty forward compliment, was flirting with him, but never thought I'd see him again. You know, it's easy to flirt with someone when you think you're never going to see them ever again. So it turns out he actually tracked me down through four different people. He got my number and I ended up going out with him and he was really, really great. And the lesson I learned from that is, wow, when I'm just being myself and not so self-conscious and all up in my own head, I really do get different results and you will too. Bottom line, self-consciousness is not just painful to feel. It doesn't create the connection we long for. And that brings me to today's coaching session with Kristen, who is wondering why in romantic relationships she's not fully herself. Our conversation does go beyond just self-consciousness, and I will break down the reasons for that after the call, and I will give you tips for how to combat self-consciousness in your own life. So some questions for you to consider. What situations do you feel self-conscious in? In interactions with others, what are you most attached to getting? Being liked, being validated, you know, what do you really want? Is there a parent or someone else in your life that you may be expecting to get nachos from when they're really a Chinese restaurant? In other words, are you expecting someone to change? Are you expecting someone to all of a sudden give you something that they're just not capable of giving because they don't know how? And finally, are you truly showing up? in a way for others that you expect others to show up for you. So for example, if you're expecting someone else to be accepting and emotionally available with you, are you always accepting and emotionally available with people? So keep these questions in mind as we listen to my session with Kristen. Hello, Kristen. Welcome to the show. What's your question? So my question is with male relationships with any of my past boyfriends and definitely my most current one or recent one. We aren't together anymore. It was it's harder for me once I start developing feelings for them, it's harder for me to be myself and be like free and fun and mm-hmm. flowing in conversation that I have with my girlfriends or with males who I don't have feelings for. Um but it's whenever I start getting those feelings, I just it's it's just so much harder and I don't know why. Yeah. I so hear you. And you're definitely not alone in that. I think when we like somebody and we really want them to like us back, there's a lot of self-judgment and self-consciousness that comes about. So what's the longest relationship you've had? It was this past one. It was, uh, we started talking in March and then it went to November. And so that was, but it was really, really intense. (laughs) but that was the longest. And was it long distance that whole time or were you in the same place? We visited each other back and forth, but yes, it was long distance. Okay. All right. So you weren't together all the time. And by the end of it, were you still feeling a little self-conscious and like you weren't yourself totally? Yeah. I came back to the States about a month and a half ago and we hung out a few times after and it it was still like hard even okay. though we've had so much time together and talked through so much, just hard. Right, right. right. Um, and growing up, what was your relationship with your dad like? He was not emotionally. I'm getting emotional. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> My parents were divorced 
And um, my dad was just not emotionally available, really. Like, he didn't ask me, how do I feel? He didn't ask me, stuff like that. So I'm still working through the healing process of that because I'm back home now. Mm-hmm. So it's triggering a whole nother thing with presently with him. Are you living with him? Yes. Okay. Okay. And how would you describe your relationship with him now? Now it's good, but I'm definitely angry still just at his lack of being able to ask good questions and just to really connect. It's always surfacey stuff. And it's the same question every time, like, what's new? What's new? How would work? And I'm just, it's, no, there's no depth and it also seems like he's trying to connect with me, but it doesn't go very far. Right. I hear you. So let's look at this from a couple of different perspectives. So first, I just want to really honor and sort of normalize your experience with men because sometimes when we understand sort of from a psychological developmental place, why it's happening, it makes it a little easier. So if you think about it, our father's our first love when it comes to a man for us girls. Yeah, it really is. He really is. And of course it's not romantic love, but it's really the first male presence that we learn to love. And if you didn't have that emotional availability, that connection with him, then there were probably even times around your dad, you didn't feel totally comfortable to to be yourself, to emotionally open up because you were afraid it wouldn't be met or wouldn't be understood or he might criticize or whatever it may be. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, developmentally, that wasn't something that your dad was able to provide. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Totally. So, so a big part of getting over this with men you're dating now you know, we don't shift things and heal things by judging them. And yeah. I can hear in your sharing that there's a level of judgment you have on not being able to be yourself around these men or guys you like. But of course, of course, because you didn't really ever have that opportunity growing up to develop that. So okay. I, I just wanted to say that to kind of normalize it for you. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So in that way, how a part of how you're going to need to work with this is you're going to be need to be really, really kind to little Kristen, who is kind of just nervous around men she really likes. But here's the distinction. My sense is you're approaching relationships and getting love from a man with way too much emphasis on wanting them to accept you and validate you. Yeah. And whenever we're over-invested in wanting acceptance and validation, we become very self-conscious. Yeah. But here's the thing. You are so lovable and so easy to accept just as you are. And just as much as you want your dad to be real with you, men in your life want you to be real with them. And if you can't fully be yourself with someone, then it's not the someone you want to be with in the first place, right? Yeah. 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 So if you could go back and tell 
little Kristen anything, especially in regards to kind of what I just shared and about her relationship with her dad. What would you tell her? Um, I would tell her it's not her fault. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And she didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And she's free to be whoever she wants to be. She doesn't have to uh-huh. be a chameleon or adapt or modify her behavior. She can be silly and goofy and fully herself with anybody. Yeah. And that it's really safe to be that way. Yeah. Okay. So we'll come back. I'm going to tie all this together at the end, but let me, I'm going to shift over to your dad for a moment. Okay. What was his childhood like? My dad's? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have no idea. <laughs> well, uh, he had three sisters. He was the oldest, or I think he's the oldest. Um, yeah, he has three younger sisters. Okay. And um, that's pretty much all I know. I mean, it was good growing up. It wasn't, I didn't hear any major drama or problems and no divorce or anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So from your perspective, if you were to put your like psychologist hat on, why do you think he is emotionally unavailable or shut down? Probably because his parents didn't know how to connect with him also. Mm -hmm. Um, so he, I mean, I know he has no, he doesn't know how to do it. He didn't see it modeled probably also Mm -hmm. in his parents, Mm -hmm. but I'm still like, well, figure it out. Like, Mm -hmm. cause I'm on this journey now. Um, and I'm just like, I just, I see him and, um, I listened to one of your other podcasts about parents and looking at him as just, his name's Paul. If I look at him as just Paul, I feel sad. And then Mm -hmm. if I look at him with my dad, I feel angry. And at the same time, I'm like, oh, but I don't understand how someone can live like how he does. Just coast. I I feel like I have judgment against him too. Just Mm -hmm coasting through life and not really connecting with his wife now, not knowing how to connect with us kids. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So is that anger and judgment helping? No. (laughs) It's not fun. It's not fun. So would you like to shift it? Yeah. Okay. So on some level you picked him as your teacher, right? You picked him and it's now up to you to shift the relationship by shifting it inside of you. And if you've listened to the show, you might've heard me say this before, but I truly believe that the person with more consciousness in a relationship is responsible for shifting the relationship if they want it to shift. Yeah. Now, the other thing is I remember one time I was with one of my spiritual teachers and I was complaining about someone and wanting to wake them up and why aren't they doing the work and on and on and on. And she said, Christine, would you walk into a nursery and wake up sleeping babies? And I'm like, no. And she goes, then why are you trying to wake people up who aren't ready? Yeah. And she said, you've got to give people the dignity of their process. 
Your dad may not be willing to look at his walls. Like whatever walls he has up to keep him from being emotionally available, they're how he survives. And until he's ready, it's not loving of you to expect him to do anything different. He truly is doing the best he can. The problem is, Kristen, you're projecting your model of the world and the way you would handle something onto him. And he's a different yeah. person with a different path and a different curriculum and different karma. And what you're longing for so much from men, including your father, with, with which is acceptance, you are not offering. So how to really heal this with your dad, which is going to shift things in terms of how you relate to men, is first of all, accept him. Really accept okay. him. Like him saying, hey, what's new? is really, if I translate it, it's him saying, Kristen, I love you. I'm happy you're here. I don't really know how to connect with you, but I want to. So I'm just going to say what's new. Yeah. Okay. And instead of waiting for him to emotionally connect to you, why don't you just sit down and start sharing with him? Yeah. And tell him what you need. Yeah. I've done that a few times and it's been, it's been okay. Um, Tell me how you've done it. Um, well, I've just shared about just deeper what's going on in my life. Um, I haven't shared what I need yet. I'm planning on doing that, but I have to find a time where he's available. So I asked him to, to come to church with me and then we can go out to this coffee place after. And then he asked if I wanted to wait until a friend came um, back into the country and I was just like, no, I just want us to hang out. So, um, cause I do want to have a talk with him just about growing up and trying to understand his side of it mm-hmm. and, um, all that. So I think that would be, um, beautiful. And I just want to support you a little on that. So, you know, I often say we can't go to a Chinese restaurant when we're craving nachos. So we have to be mindful of the expectations we have of people um, and set them up for success. Because if your dad is not an emotionally available guy, then having this deep conversation in a coffee shop after church, Mm -hmm. you may end up with an expectation hangover. Yeah. So I would, you know, start the conversation by just first acknowledging him and saying, thank you so much for having this time with me. I really like Um, I want on one time with you and as I'm getting older and as I'm dating and as I'm really starting to understand myself, I have, I've just have some questions and I think maybe you could help me sort some of them out. Would you be willing to answer a question or two for me? Yeah. See how, see how like that's not so, this is so heavy and deep. And then, um, and then, well, what, what were the questions you were thinking of asking? Well, first, I wanted to just apologize to him. <sighs> Sorry. It's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I was going to apologize to him for how I acted when I was in high school. And mm-hmm. I made it really tough on him. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and then I wanted to ask him just how... One of the things growing up, he was just very angry. It's It seemed like he was angry. 
And it felt like it was taken out on me or my brother or my sister. Mm. And so I didn't want to come to him with things. And um, I wanted to ask him about that. Like, were you angry or were you angry at the divorce with mom? And it, it, it came out on me because that's how it felt to me when I was that age. Um, and I kind of want to ask, like, why, why didn't he spend time with us? Because he was always doing, it's even now still every weekend, it's doing something around the house and just no quality time, which is one of my top two or probably my number one love language. Now it's quality time. And just, I didn't get that with him. And so I just want to understand why, or like what was going on in his world at that mm-hmm. time. Okay. The question for you, when did your parents get divorced? Uh, I think I was in like middle school. Um, but he, you noticed this behavior before that when they were still married? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what was their marriage like? Um, I really don't remember. I The divorce was a complete shock to me. It was an ugly divorce. They still can barely be in the same room today. But as far as their marriage, I, I mean, it wasn't the best thing in the world. And it wasn't the worst. Mm-hmm. But it just came as a shock to me. Because mm-hmm. I, I think I was young and wasn't paying attention. And mm-hmm. so, But he was often like angry before the divorce and after, too. Okay. Okay. So I love your questions. And I really understand where they co- they're coming from. And based yeah. on what you shared about your dad so far, there's a part of me that's protective of you. Yeah. And I want you to have a successful conversation or what feels like success. So yeah. with somebody that's got years, decades of pent up anger, mm-hmm. you really want to tread lightly. Yeah. And so my encouragement would be go to church, really pray, have yeah. a, you know, set, set the time beforehand, dad, I really just want one-on-one time with you after church, go to the coffee shop first apologize. I think that's beautiful that you're going to apologize to him and then just ask one question. And I think the question you started with about, did I do something that made you mad? That kind of question yeah. is a great way to start. And if the conversation is going well, then mm-hmm. maybe add some other ones. But this is really about establishing intimacy and trust with your dad. Yeah. Um, and and men are very different in terms of mm-hmm. their vulnerability quotient. <laughs> yeah. Especially if he's, you know, from an older generation and and he hasn't been used to sharing. I, I, I wouldn't go in with the intention of getting all your questions answered. I'd go slow. Okay. Okay. That's go good. slow. And this is not about me. This is not about not being vulnerable. This is not about not being authentic. This is not about squelching your truth because I don't want people to hear it that way. It's really about honoring and respecting the other person's capacity. Mm. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's sort of like I'm going to coach someone differently that's never had a day of life coaching or therapy in their life versus someone that's been working on themselves for 10 years. Yeah. Okay. And just know like on a, on a soul level, so in, on a human level, the role is daughter and father, right? Yeah. But on a soul level, you may have more wisdom and more consciousness here. So 
this is about respecting where he is and not mm-hmm. expecting him, you know, cause your ultimate father is the divine father, right? Yeah. You know, not expecting him to take care of your emotional needs. Cause that's really up to you right now. Yeah. And I also okay. just want to really acknowledge your inner wisdom and, and you knowing that having these conversations with your dad that is the way back to the previous question, which is feeling that level of comfort with a man you like. Because the more you do that with your father, even if he's not responding, <laughs> even if you just do it on your end, the yeah. more comfortable you're going to feel in relationships moving forward. Okay. That's good. Does this give you some clarity? Yes. <laughs> okay. Definitely. Do you see how it all ties together? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Even just looking at my relationship with God, how I can question sometimes, um, like, does he want to spend time with me? Or is he right. angry at me? And he's not. And he does want to spend time with me. It's just... um. I have that from growing up with my dad. Yeah. That like image in my head. So. Right. Right. Well, God does not judge. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And absolutely wants to spend time with you. And that, that's the ultimate source of, of love. Your dad's just human. Yeah. Yes. Okay. (sighs) Hmm. Yeah. Uh Good. Good. And again, like trust that as you resolve this inside of you and really move into self-acceptance and not looking for love or validation from anything outside of you, the more you will show up as confident in relationship. Yeah. Because this is like... Yeah, that would be the ultimate goal is to not <laughs> look for love or validation outside of me. Right. It's so hard. <laughs> well, yes, if we keep telling ourselves it is. Yeah. No, if we really get out of the way and let the love in. Yeah. Because like, you're so loved, Kristen. You're so loved. And if you would yeah. let yourself feel that and really let it in. Yeah. And just feel that by feeling just so grateful for your life every single moment. And all the yeah. times that you've been protected, all the times where there's been a miracle. You're so loved. Thank you. My pleasure. Keep Thanks. me posted on how you're doing. Okay. Thank you so much. The overall theme I want to emphasize in this session is that when there's attachment, you know, when we really want something, there can be self-consciousness because we think we have to be a certain way to get what we want from the other person. You know, we put on these masks, we judge ourselves, we edit everything that comes out of our mouth, and that's why we just kind of show up awkward. And the higher the emotional stakes are, the more suppressed we can become, the more inauthentic we show up as. So that's why I didn't really coach Kristen on how to have more self-confidence or self-acceptance. 
I sensed this had something to do with her father since she reported being able to be fully expressed in other relationships. So as you're learning, if you've listened to the show for a while, I'm often a detective for the deeper issue rather than attempting to treat what's happening on the surface because I, I really want to help people get over it and on with it. And I acknowledge Kristen for being so vulnerable and willing to go in the direction I led her, and I trust you received a lot from listening to her process. That said, I, I do want to speak a little about how to deal with self-consciousness without having to go back and process deeper issues. First, it's all about what you're telling yourself inside your head. If you're, let's use the example of you're in a relationship with somebody and you really, really like them, or there's somebody you see and you want to flirt with. If your self-talk is, oh, I hope he or she likes me, or am I going to say the right thing, or I've really got to be cool here. If it's that kind of judgy, critical, high expectation kind of self-talk, immediately you're disconnected from who you truly are. The second thing that happens is you start future tripping. You start thinking about the result. You start kind of planning out in your head the conversation you want to have or this great line you're going to use. But then you're detached from your intuition. And it's really not about connecting with that other person, being present in your body and trusting that the words will flow. And finally, it's that being attached outcome thing. If you want them to ask you out, if you want them to like you, if you want them to give you that raise if it's a work situation, whatever it may be, you're contorting yourself. You're being a little bit of a chameleon trying to adapt to what you think you need to be to get a certain result rather than just being you. So again, the cure for self-consciousness is radical self-acceptance. We're all awkward at times. We all have our quirks. Let yourself be quirky. Let yourself be unique. Being authentic is much better, not only because it combats self-consciousness, but then you're going to attract and be with the people that are most aligned for you. If you're faking it, wearing masks, or being a chameleon, you're not going to attract and connect with the people that are best aligned for you. So that's my little two cents or rather three tips on combating self-consciousness. Now, I taught a lot in this session, so I'm just going to highlight a few things here before we wrap it up. First, as I said to Kristen, we don't shift things and heal things by judging them. I could tell she was so judgmental of herself and the way she was showing up in relationships. And that's why I normalized it in the beginning for her. I explained psychologically a little bit of what was going on so she could stop the judgment. And that created an opening for us to go deeper. So that's a good tip for coaches out there. You know, if you sense a deeper issue is happening, first really make what's happening for them now really, really normal so that the shame comes off of it, so they understand that it's a symptom of something deeper. I also want to talk about how I mentioned that the person with more consciousness in a relationship has more responsibility. I want to clarify that doesn't mean you're responsible for changing the relationship. It takes two people to really transform a relationship. However, you can transform the way you show up in a relationship. And you can be mindful of when you're expecting them to serve you nachos when they're really a Chinese restaurant. We must give people the dignity of their process and not expect them to act, think, or behave the way we would. And the question I also asked Kristen was, are you really giving him the acceptance that you're looking for from him? Those things that you want from other people, are you showing up that way for yourself, for them, for other people in your life? And rather than ask for it or expect it from others, create it for yourself. And again, accept people for where they're at. 
That's why I really wanted to set her up for success in her conversation with her dad. Just because she's at a level of emotional availability and intimacy doesn't mean he's going to be right away. So it's important to ease into those conversations. Start small, feel into it. Establish that intimacy and trust. And remember, people are human. So some assignments for all you humans out there. First, really look at if you experience self-consciousness, where does it come from? Could it be from a deeper issue or is it mainly just your self-talk? You just sabotage yourself before you even get into the conversation. And how can your self-talk be more affirming? How can you practice really being in the present moment and looking to connect and trusting that the words will flow rather than future trepping and being all attached to the outcome? And if you're feeling there might be unresolved issues with your parents, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to episode 16, Why Our Parents Trigger Us So Much. And finally, when you're out in the world, practice being your most authentic self. Be quirky, be unique, be nerdy. Like however you are most authentically expressed, let that part come out. Let people see you. But remember, in order to be seen, We first have to see ourselves. So see yourself through the eyes of love, through the eyes of acceptance, rather than through the eyes of judgment. And the more you do that, the more you'll notice the self-consciousness melt away. Sending you so much love and many blessings until next week. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.